So we just finished chatting up with Kate Bait. What are your initial thoughts? I love her. I love <laughs> the fact that she was able to kind of figure out that it's time to set some boundaries. And, you know, you can be a badass bitch, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're still vulnerable. You're still... People, people take advantage of people that are super passionate and high-spirited and really want to do the right thing. And I, I love the fact that she's going to go out on her own and figure shit out on her own. Yeah, this is, for me, this episode was like listening in on like a living, breathing journal, right? Like I feel like this was just one chapter of what we have yet to see. And I'm really, really, really excited to see in the future where she is. Like, I really think we need to like touch back with her to see the evolution of where she goes next. Yeah, because like she took the last two weeks and really self-evaluated what was important to her. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens next with Kate Bate. Welcome to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. Today is Season 2, Episode 7, and we have a special guest today, Kate Bate. And that, go on, Dirty Skittles, introduce her. Welcome, Kate Bate. (laughs) (laughs) She's laughing because we know each other outside of this, and so now she has to hear my podcast voice. (laughs) It's so seductive. (laughs) Um, Oh, we broke. We broke Rex. Are you spitting out whatever you just drank? I spit out my beer because it went up my nose. So you're so you're a spitter, is what we've just established. <laughs> just kidding. This is some gonna be fun. You, I'm so excited. There's some yeah. shit you have to spit out of your mouth, okay? Facts. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Truth. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not drinking anymore. Okay. Go ahead. You should drink. We're all drinking. For those that are listening, we have beer. What are you? Did you say you're having a beer? Yeah, I'm nice. having a. Sam Adams uh, Pork Trucker. Mm. Oh, never had that one. Yeah, but I just had a whole mouthful of it go in the trash because it went up my nose instead. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) Um, So yeah, we know each other outside of this. You are Bizzle's sister. Sorry, caught me off guard, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whatever you're comfortable sharing, share. Anything we want to edit out, we can edit out. I, since I've known you... I've definitely seen you grow into the woman you are today. So I figured let's just see where the conversation takes us. We'll start with who, if, if somebody asks you, Kate Bate, the woman you are today, how would you define that? Mm. That's a tough question, though, because I'm a little bit of everything. Yeah. And you don't have to be one thing. Multifaceted. I, um, I don't know. I'm a little all over the place all of the time. I think that... Um, you know, uh, we were talking the other night about, you know, the conversation that I had with, um, a group of friends and we were talking about if you could pick one word to describe yourself, what would it be? And I went through a plethora of things that I thought that would summarize who I am, but it all came down to headstrong and I am, I'm headstrong, whether it's good or bad. I could be headstrong and I have no reason to be headstrong and why I feel that that is why it needs to be and why that matters. But I'm also very headstrong in things that I do believe in. Um, So I don't know. I'm just. I will say you are like when we when Bizzle and I first moved to Georgia and it was uh, Little Nugget's first time going into a school and being in daycare and like an incident had happened where he like bumped his head or something. I immediately was like passionate, right? Like that's my baby cub. And I was telling Bizzle at the time, I'm like, you're lucky your sister does not live in Georgia because I would have called her up and the two of us would have gotten arrested. Oh, hell yes. So headstrong, yes, I would agree with it 100%. I think that I'm definitely, I'm also, I do know this about myself. I'm very emotional. Um, I am emotional about my family, very passionate about my family. Um, I mean, I may not be around all of the time, but 
it's exactly what you said. Anything happens to him, I'm the first one. Like, let's go. Let's yeah. mean business. <laughs> same thing. My best friend has two kids. It's the same way with them, you know. Um, and I, you know, my mom definitely a hundred percent. And even relationships and friendships and all of that. And then it also on the professional side too. I'm very adamant about things. If I believe a certain thing or it needs to be this way, then I'm going to push that. You know, and also being a female, um, you know, I work in a male dominated industry. Being a female, I have to assert myself, but how do I assert myself without being the bitch? Right. You know, and um, I will also say the headstrong and the emotional, there's pluses and negatives to both sides. I think that there's a lot of, it, it's balance. Um, you know, making emotional decisions when it comes to business is not the best. Um, but making emotional decisions in life is not the best either. Yeah. So it's just finding the balance between the two of, yeah. do I want to be a raging bitch today or do I want to be a nice, <laughs> calm person? Um, what are some of like the struggles, like when you think of work that maybe emotions has led to or any lessons you've learned, like an emotional reaction to something? Um, I think that it's... One of the hardest things that I have really had to adjust to is text and emails. All of that can be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And so reading an email, someone may not mean how it's coming across to me and how I interpret it, but being able to work through, okay, so this is business. And having every little thing, I mean, I've been attacked before in emails and my first response is I want, I'm I'm gonna address that because you're wrong and I know that you're wrong because I have all the emails to prove that you're wrong. Mm. But is that important to have the ultimate, you know, situation be resolved? Um, I think that, you know, I've had long conversations with, um, you know, close friends of mine and the emotional, I have to take the emotion out of the business all, all the way around. You mm-hmm. know, there's one thing of being there for your guys or being there for, you know, your team or people that are under you or working next to you. But at what point does it become where you have to stop the emotional aspect of it? You know, I just recently went through something where I was personal friends with, you know, my my counterpart. And we also had the business. And at first it worked really well. And then, you know, he had some vices that he had to handle. And I was emotionally still attached because we were friends. And I suffered at the end of the day. And he's, you know, still doing whatever he's doing. And that was a big lesson. And then one of my faults, too, is once I get to that part, I'm done. Like, I I, I don't care. You know, you can do whatever you're going to do. So it's finding the balance again of where's the compassion and where's the understanding and what faults are mine because I got too emotionally invested into that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, since I've known you and like hearing where you are in life now, especially with work and personal relationships, like I can see that you are still growing into the woman. Mm-hmm. But you're you're so like, I feel like there's always like a moment where you're like, OK, I am who I'm meant to be. And you are very, like you said, headstrong and you're slowly evolving into like this force of a woman, which I think is awesome. And I know it's not easy, right? Like, especially in today's day and age, it's like not the easiest to be not only a female in a male dominated mm-hmm. industry, but to be a boss like you're like you're unapologetically you Mm -hmm. and you're learning how that balance works so i've definitely seen you grow a little bit and um to kind of like backtrack some when i first met you i remember watching just how you and your brother interacted and you know (laughs) he knows how to push (laughs) buttons because he thinks it's funny it's not always funny to the other side but i remember just seeing you at that age and i don't even know how young you were but your reaction it reminded me so much of me Mm -hmm. in my early 20s like i was like i connected with you and how you felt in that moment so and i think throughout like your stages of life that i've gotten to see i totally understand like i'm like oh i know exactly what that feels like i know exactly what that is so i think it's it's really important for other listeners who are also females kind of in this 
I had somebody tell me. I had yeah. somebody tell me who he he's close to me. He told me he was like he used to get into these little like bullshit ass arguments, right? And he he looked at me one day and he said, "One of these days, this isn't going to matter. Whatever this situation is, it's not important." And you're making it this huge, important thing because you're headstrong or you feel passionately about that. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I hate to admit it, but he's actually right. Mm -hmm. You know, he's definitely like he had something that was there, you know, that these little small little things, this lady sending some email that, you know, she was having a bad day, not me. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like, it's not my problem, you know, and I don't need to waste my time and energy being upset and being pissed off and thinking all day about it, you know, like respectfully, fuck them, right? Yeah. That's your problem. <laughs> so, so Kate, mate, you sound so much like me. I mean, I thought I would grow out of that. I'm close to sixty. I still haven't it. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that like I find hard is that you know I have a very high moral. Mm-hmm. I have very high morals, and like I'm very in. Um, have a lot of integrity, right? Yep. But if I know that I'm right, I'm going to push that until pe- everybody else sees how right I am, right? And Correct. then when it like all falls to shit, I want to be the first one to say like I fucking told you so, right? Because mm-hmm. nothing pisses me off more than men that don't want to listen to the ideas that women have, mm-hmm. right? Like we're we're smart, we're intelligent beings, you know. Sometimes we think a little bit more with our heart than with our head. But when you're really passionate about something, you just want people to listen to you. Yes. And I I think in this day and age, especially with email, because people say shit in email that they would never say to your face. (laughs) And I I can tell you're passionate about. So, shit, I can't tell that story. But yeah, uh, G-Rex is infamous for calling somebody out either in an email or standing up and yelling. (laughs) I love it. Listen, when I, you know, so I just recently branched off on my own. And before, man, I loved calling people out. I loved it. And, Mm. you know, the whole per my email below was my favorite (laughs) because it was like, first of all, bitch, did you not read this? (laughs) And second, who are you trying to flex on? (laughs) You know, it was my favorite. But I agree with you. I think that like proving that point of because I'm the same way, my morals, my values, you know, my characteristics, how I want to be seen, how, you know, especially now with my company, like being a small business owner, like how I want my company to be seen. I'm not going to play games with you. It, it, You know, it's learning the black and white mm-hmm. as well as the areas of gray and being able to gracefully do those, but not being walked all over. Yeah. And I think that that's one of my things is my first thing is. Again, who are you talking to? But it's also how do I professionally say, mm, you know, it's you can't do that. You, but I love, I love screen warriors. I love them with a passion. <laughs> screen I, warriors. I do. Cause it's no, sir. You can come at me in an email, but when you're face to face, oh, can you, me, 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 yeah. you're all nice. Yeah. But no, it's, it's not like that. You, you're a bitch. Yeah. So you mentioned venturing off on your own. What does that mean for the listeners who don't know you? Um, so I previously was working uh, for a commercial landscape company um, due to varying reasons um, and differing of morals and values and how to proceed. Um, I, to be honest, took, I, I left. Um, my mental health was suffering greatly uh, because of this job. Um, and... Anyways, so that venture ended. Um, I've been thinking about going out on my own for a little bit. And it finally got to the point where I couldn't do that because it was a direct conflict of interest. Um, And where I am now is I've left that company. I wish them the best. Um, And I have opened my own uh, to do, again, you know, uh, landscaping. So, But ours is a little bit more. We also do residential as well as commercial um and installation irrigation all of that so uh the business that i worked with before was strictly commercial we didn't do any residential homes and i think that with the landscape industry it's very large but it's also very tight-knit community um and most of the companies that you see again are male dominated and 
I have that headstrong that I'm going to show, I'm going to show you guys, you mm-hmm. know, that, a, that a female can do it. You know, right before I left, I was running the company. I was doing operations. I was doing the administrative part. I was doing sales. I was doing all of it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that I know everything, but I feel like I know enough to make better judgment calls than what were being made. And I definitely know what I want to do and how I don't want to do things. Yeah. And I mean, let it be that blessing, right? Like it may have caused emotional distress and it it wasn't obviously what you would have wanted it to be, but using that to your advantage, like you definitely have learned how to do it on your own. Oh girl, it was an emotional breakup. <laughs> it was the emotional breakup where I cried for a lot. Really? And then oh so, yeah. so the work relationship you would equate like leaving that to a breakup. Oh yes. That's very interesting. It was a very toxic breakup because there oh. was the emotions of I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna try and make this work. And then it was the fuck it, I'm done. I don't wanna do this anymore. And then it was, well, I have this to worry about. So I'm going to keep trying, going to keep trying. And then I got super emotional and I cried and cried and cried and cried. And then, I mean, after the first of the year, I wasn't going to come back. You know, I wasn't going to come back from Christmas break. And I was like, well, let me just give it one more, one more shot so that all of my relationships, all of my interactions, I am that person that is, I'm going to give it everything that I possibly have until I don't have anything left to give so I can walk away with no what ifs. What if I tried this? What if I did this differently? And I did. And I got to the point after a couple of conversations, a couple of hiccups and a couple of situations, I said, you know what? This is not worth it to me. Why am I fighting? Why am I trying? And why is why am I missing out on time with my nephew? Why am mm-hmm. I missing out on time with my friends? Why am I only getting four hours of sleep to go try and make this work when it's everything is against what I'm trying to do, you know? And I, I, I did have some really good help on my end, um, you know, people that stepped up that didn't have to. And it just got to the point where enough was enough, you know? Mm-hmm. And I will say this too, that um, I think that, again, this is where the balance comes in of being walked all over and then being, you know, so headstrong that, I mean, I know that you can't say that you can't blame your daily life and how your interactions are based on your Zodiac zodiac sign, but I can, and I will, and I don't care. (laughs) I'm a Capricorn through and through, and I, I won't walk away from a situation until I know, and I won't make that mistake again. You know, but I also am learning when, when is it calling it too early versus too late? Yeah. You know, and I think that with this situation, it was too late because I emotionally suffered for Mm. a long time, personally and professionally. But then I got to the point where if I want to continue knowing what I want to do with my life and my career, is my name going to get tarnished because it's tied to this company Versus just being able to cut it off and start on my own. Yeah. Do you, do you think based on this that you've like learned to set up some different kinds of uh, boundaries? And um, because like with my own personal experience, I now have a box, right? And in that box, drama is not allowed to come into that box. If drama approaches the box, I'm like, I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. I, when I, right after I had my emotional breakdown, and I started therapy. I that was one of my triggers is being pulled into everybody else's fucking mm-hmm. drama. You know what? I don't have time for that anymore. Life is too short, too precious. You know, my myself, my health, my self love, my self care. I, I don't, I'm not doing drama anymore. I'm just not. I agree a hundred percent. I think boundaries are absolutely important. I'm. I, this goes on the emotional side of me. I'm a fixer. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to feel loved. And maybe that stems from, you know, childhood upbringings and, you know, daddy issues and all of those other stuff, which I don't want to downplay those because they're very significant and they're very pertinent to the way that I have lived my life, my relationships and people that I've chosen in my life. But I think that boundaries are important. I think that I have been that person that I will take on everybody's problems because I feel like I can fix them. 
And I just want to outwardly give that love that maybe I didn't receive or whatever the case may be, but I want people to feel loved. I want them to feel important. I want, even if it's just a little, like a little tiny treasure, I used to get made fun of all the time because anywhere that I went, I could go to Daytona and I would have to get a treasure for that adventure. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because when I looked at it, that was my treasure from the day. And I remembered the day, but I'm that person and I want everybody to feel that way. But I realized that, especially now with this, you know, I, I was with the company for three years. April was three years. And I realized that I just took on all of the vices and all of the things that weren't mine to take on. Mm. But I was the one that suffered from it. You know, not to say that they didn't, but I'm always the go-to. She'll figure it out. One way or the other, I figured it out. Which is accolades for me as a person, you know, professionally and personally, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I'm the one that's sitting at home crying, you know, I'm the one that feels exhausted where I can't function and I spend all weekend in bed because I don't want to people anymore because I'm peopled out. So and you're burnt out. And um, I just from listening to you, you sound, um, you sound like you're almost an empath. I'm an empath myself. Mm -hmm. So like when, um, other people are suffering. I take all that shit on. Yes. Um, I'm getting a lot better with that because I, that also played a lot into my own depression. Mm -hmm. Agreed. You know, not, not, not taking care of myself, you know, no self-care, no self-love, being more concerned about what's happening to other people outside of my life. Um, but, you know, it, it's, you, you live and you learn, right? But I'm, I'm glad that you made that step because doing it now at your age and doing it at my age, I'm almost 60, you know, I wish I would have had those tools and that insight 20 years ago. And I probably wouldn't have gotten to the point where I did in, in December, but I'm, I'm much happier now. I, you know, I think that there is value in being able to admit the depression because I mean, it's definitely something that has been and a, a key factor in my life, it's been in and out, right? I guess mm -hmm. that's kind of how it works. But, um, you know, I think that learning through that and working through it, I mean, I spent my birthday in bed. I didn't get out of bed, like, lights, you know, off, mm -hmm. windows closed, like, blinds closed. And, I mean, it was it was just a day, but it was my entire birthday. I didn't get out of bed till 4. And in like, that's four in the afternoon and everybody's texting me and calling me. And I'm, you know, the, the empathetic part of me is, man, I just, you know, thank you for thinking of me. But the other part of me is I don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, and I think <laughs> that there's, you know, there's, I'm a very extrovert person. Um, but I've also gotten to the point where I'm also very much introverted. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend of mine, you know, tell me. He was like, you just need to be okay with being alone. And I'm a lover. I want to be around people. I thrive mm -hmm. off people. But having the people that are around you, if they are not excited for you, if they are not, there's one thing like working through, you know, life situations and talking about them. But if they're in a place where they're constantly like, uh, it's like, woes me mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. of the time. Like, what are you doing to better yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I'm recently in a place now where I'm okay. I'm okay with just being home. I mm -hmm. don't have to go out. And I don't, it's about, again, the balance is I like being around people. So I pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Like this month alone, I have two events. I went to my friend's moving away party and sorry. You're okay. <laughs> um, beer was not the best option. I know. I know. I'm over here like <laughs> letting them slip out over here. <laughs> Um, so I went to her going away party. It was at nine o'clock at night in St. Cloud. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so late. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a good time. But while I'm sitting there, I was, you know, like I'm, I had a good time. I did, but I just genuinely, it wasn't my scene anymore. And I have an event that I'm going to tomorrow. And those are my two. Everything else, like there has been a lot of self-discovery, and working through, you know, those boundaries like we talked about, um, working through the, do I need to respond right away to somebody's text message or phone call or email? 
do I need to have a response in general? You know? Um, so I don't know. I know I ramble a lot. No, no, no. I should have no. I should have put the disclaimer ahead of time. You're for sure not rambling and, and it, it kind of was gonna lead to a question of mine where you mentioned because I think you're spot on, like defining boundaries, right? Like I think that's gonna be where you really flex into that role that mm-hmm. you have. So like if you could look back on this tumultual tumultuous tumultuous am i saying that right whatever that fucking shit that happened (laughs) the t word yeah yeah, the t word (laughs) in that in that work uh environment that you had looking back on it now is there anything that pops up or pops out to you as like i could have called it then and been fine like is there any or are you still completely learning where to draw that line I think I'm still learning to draw the line. I think that one of the, you know, you talk about red flags in a relationship because it, it, in some way, shape or form, that was a relationship. Right. It was a personal and work relationship. I think that how invested I was on the personal side Mm. is a red flag for me. Like I would, I would change that. Gotcha. I mean, at the same time, though, it's like, how can I sit here? You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? right? But how can I sit here when that friendship served its season? Because there was a lot of things that we were able to speak about and kind of work through together on a friendship side. But when I'm driving down two days before Christmas to have like an intervention with you, mm-hmm. that's too much right. from... I am your, as it was made very clear, I'm an employee. I need to do my fucking job. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. You get it. You know? Yeah. And so I think that having, taking away from being in that personal side of it, I don't want to do that. Right. You know, I want to have compassion for people. I want to be around people and... Where did she go? <laughs> I mean, I know I said I rambled, but like no. I didn't think you were gonna leave. <laughs> Maybe she had to go potty. I don't. <laughs> she just left. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna keep going because I actually do have another question, <laughs> and I and like I feel like if I wait, I'll forget. So. Thinking of work as this relationship, because I agree with you to mm-hmm. to a degree, like that is an actual relationship that we are feeding and fostering and growing with, yeah. right? If you took it, if you look at your personal life, do you see actual similarities in terms of like how you are in actual romantic relationships and work relationships? Yes. I am. Oh yeah, it's so annoying. I am 100% <laughs> all in. Or I'm 100% out. And that is personally and professionally. I'm 100% all in. You're getting all of my all. Even on the days that you may not get 100%, I'm still invested. And I am that way in my relationships. I am that way in my professional, like how I portray myself. Um, I think that, you know, in the work setting, you're, you know, if you have a normal eight to five type job, that's eight hours a day that you were spending in the work field. Mm-hmm. So those people become your family. They become your friends. They become the people that you talk to all of the time. And my problem was, is that I had invested so much into my day-to-day work stuff and trying to make ends meet and, or meet, and then trying to tie a knot at the end of this rope over here to run, tie a knot over here, that I was constantly, my eight-hour work relationship became a full-time, full-time job. I didn't have time or energy to hang out with my friends. I didn't Mm -hmm. have time or energy to come see my nephew. I didn't Mm -hmm. have time or energy to even have a conversation. There were a lot of times I came home and I just, I didn't want to be bothered. I didn't want to answer the phone, didn't want to get on social media. I literally just wanted to sit on the couch and watch some stupid mind-numbing TV Mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to think. Right. You know, and... You know, I'm a chronic overthinker, so which in of itself is its own separate battle. But having to think of, okay, well, what can I do tomorrow? What can I, it was constant, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that I'm that way in relationships too. Mm -hmm. 
Some beer. We'll have to do mixed I, drinks next time. I, I'm the same way as you. I'm a chronic overthinker. You know, I wear my heart, heart on my sleeve. I'm very passionate about, you know, what I do, especially well, when I was working. Now I just retired and I don't give a crap anymore. But, um, you know, like in this phase of my life, though, and I and I hope that you you get to that phase is that that phase this phase for me is all about um, knowledge transfer, right? Mm-hmm. So you take the shit that's in your head and you give it to somebody else, so you can put additional shit in there that makes you happy, right? Right. And I, it's this is such an important topic for everybody out there, men, women, children, everybody. Like you know, set your boundaries. Yes. Find out what what's what what makes you tick. Find your passion and make sure you have some boundaries set up because when you don't have boundaries set up, people just shit over you mm-hmm. all day long. I had a situation they, they, that they take advantage of you. I had a situation that I I was told about where you know it was my best friend. She was telling me about something that happened and somebody did something to her, and it it was light. I, like I don't want to go into details, but it was a very light situation. It wasn't. A big deal in quotations, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was like, listen, that's not cool. And he was like, oh, I was just, you know, I was just fucking around. I was just playing or whatever. And she's like, I understand. I understand that you were playing and it was, com- you know, not comical because it sounds a little derogatory or mm-hmm. um, whatever word I'm trying to use. But, like, it was a joke to him, but it wasn't to her. Right. And, you know, God bless her because she she is very unapologetically herself. Mm-hmm. And she, she gets on me all the time because she, she's like, "Kay, babe, you're too, you're too nice. Like, when are you gonna grow a backbone? Like, you need to, like, you need to stand up for yourself and don't tell people that you're sorry for how they made you feel, right?" Mm-hmm. And but she stood up for herself. And again, it was something very, what it wasn't like he slashed her tires or something right, like right. that. It was something so little. Yeah, and she was she was very adamant about this is not okay. So again, it's. I'm learning a lot from other, I, I don't want to say from their boundaries, but where they draw the line and being in a place where, again, I don't want to be a raging bitch. I love everyone. Apparently my face though, I have RBF. Oh my gosh. It's so bad. It is so bad. My RBF is so bad. I had a girl tell me, funny story. She, um, I saw her from across the bar. I had no idea who she was, but I had seen her in pictures and Finally, at one point, we ended up meeting, you know, and talking. And she was like, you know, I was telling my boyfriend, you know, like, this girl just wants to beat my ass and I don't even know her. <laughs> and I was like, I am so sorry. That is my face. <laughs> I don't even know you, first of all. And second, like, I'm really sorry. I was just trying to figure out who you were. <laughs> you were just showing interest. Yeah, in <laughs> right. But, you know, I think that boundaries are important. So my last day was Cinco de Mayo. And I as of yesterday, have been officially gone from this job for two weeks. And I have taken a lot of time to work through the things that I have maybe identified as issues or areas of concern Mm -hmm. um, and also worked through the emotions because I want to fully be able to be invested in the startup of and the projection of my company and where Mm -hmm. it goes um and being able to be you know i have a boyfriend and being able to be there with him and like Mm -hmm. you know he has two boys and being there with them Mm -hmm. um and not making the same mistakes my old self and you know this my old self would be like fuck it let's party like i don't have a job like let's (laughs) let's get lit you know and like make up for all the lost time that i've lost out on probably in six months Mm -hmm. but where i am now is yes i'm sorry that i have missed out would I probably do it again? Probably. Because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I gave everything that I could. It didn't work. I realized this wasn't for me. That's okay. I'm just hopeful that maybe my boundaries will tell me that it's not for me <laughs> earlier than three years later. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It's What are you, do you... Are you doing anything now to help you strengthen that muscle to define boundaries? So I... um. I've gotten a lot of books. Um, some I like to read, but I am a like book in my hand, turning the page kind of reader. Right. I highlight, I underline, I put exclamation points and stars and notes and tab the shit out of it. But I had a couple of recommendations. One was um, 
forget the name of it off the top of my head, but I have a very kind of addictive personality. Mm. Um, and so it was channeling how to use that addictive personality into, you know, something that is constructive for your life. Um, I also got a book too, funny enough. Um, it was like really letting go. Mm-hmm. And funny enough how that book turned into letting go of all of the like trauma from this job. I got it for a different reason, but it, it man, if it wasn't spot on with my job, you know, and dealing with, you know, I have my own uh, vices mm-hmm. and working through not being able to do not not be able to do, but working through not counting on what has, quote, worked before in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to drink. That's not. It's not a surprise to anybody that knows me, but I got to a point where like that was what I did. So I didn't have to think, I didn't have to feel everything yeah, that I was feeling. Right. Mm-hmm. And where I am now is I don't want that to dictate my life and working through being able to feel the emotions mm-hmm. through and through for what they are, deal with them and move on from them, you know, yeah. letting them sit where they need to sit, give myself the grace to feel it and then move on. is is a big thing so i mean just it's probably the last two weeks i've spent more time stupidly in my head as Mm -hmm. always but it's been constructive it's been constructive thoughts it's been constructive what can i do to change this what do i need to dig a little bit deeper on to find the ticks find the things that make me want to you know go drink or go out and be crazy or whatever so yeah do you find do you find that are you writing or are you just thinking in your head or how are you getting the, the shit that's in your head out so that you can re-examine it? I write. I, I do um, I have probably like, God bless my poor mom. I probably have like 5 million journals laying around and I bet she has all of them. Yes, she does. <laughs> it's funny. She has all of them. <laughs> she has Side notes, short story. She has a notebook that when I was in high school, my one of the girls that I went to high school with, she and I used to write like letters to each other, right? Well, apparently I decided that it was cool to put all of those in page protectors. Oh, so I have a full have forever. I have a full binder of them. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> the shit that I read, I'm like, God, you were so dumb. <laughs> We all we all started somewhere. Listen, <laughs> the level of how many times I said "cuh" oh, in my letters is obnoxious. It. How did you spell it? C U H. Okay, right? that's how Cuh. I would spell it. Yeah. <laughs> so I do I do write I do journal, and it's also the funny thing is too is that I need to invest in maybe I should start a side business of investing in smaller journals <laughs> that have the fun, but you know, yeah. out, outer parts of it because I switch. What I have one that has a dog on the front. I'm a dog lover. And, like, on the front of it, it says um, something like positive so- thoughts, but it's P-A-W. They caught you. Oh, so they dumb. made that just for you. They did. <laughs> you know, and then I have another one that has, like, you know, it's just normal, you know. But I, I do I do journal. I do write. And I have found that that is the one place that, again, the unapologetic, like, I can call somebody in see yeah. you next Tuesday and not even feel bad about it. Like yeah. I, I never have to worry about them, like knowing that I feel that way about them. Do you find when you write, it releases a thought? Mm-hmm. Do you ever go back and reread? Yes. You do? <laughs> I was curious. I, I do. And I make that face because some of the shit that I used to write about, like, <laughs> you know, again, it goes back to the, was I really important to be that upset about? You know, but I think <laughs> there's some real life things that I've written about, you know, um, you know, when I wrote about I couldn't have kids, I wrote about that extensively. Mm. And, you know, that's been an ongoing thing. But, you know, it's there is some value in some of the things that I've written. But like, I will tell you that the majority of the stuff that I've written probably up until like maybe 2014 or so, mm-hmm. maybe shortly after 2014, all of it was about boys minus that one thing and you know minus the whole like i found out short story another short story i'm full of them (laughs) i found out when i was 16 15 or 16 that i couldn't have kids so that was a big deal but like that was a topic of conversation for me like um because i wanted a big family and all of that and so but all of it was about boys (laughs) and now when i read back on some of the things that i've written you know post that was you know, life, how to move, what I'm upset about, things that make me happy, 
Um, you know, I've I've dabbled a little bit more. I have a strong faith. Um, I'm probably a little bit more spiritual than I am religious. Um, but both of those have their parts and both of them have their equal portions in my life. And making sure that I, I guess, maybe feed both of those because mm-hmm. they make me feel better. Right. You know, and not that they're there to make me feel better, but it's something that I believe in wholeheartedly that gives me the faith yeah. that things will work out, you know? Yeah. I totally, I totally understand. Um, I, what is that? I know. I like, also, where did you go? I had to go get somebody from the door. We're going to cut this little bit out. Don't worry about it. We'll, no, we'll, we'll cut it out. We love you. You got a nice ass. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> your sister doesn't think so neither does the lesbian but that's okay um, Fair but, uh, so kate, uh, kate bait um what are you doing now for like self-care self-love your your mental health because now you have a couple of weeks off besides writing like what what else are you doing because to me on the outside looking in right? Mm -hmm. You look very happy. You look content. I can see like your shoulders are relaxed. Your, your um, facial expression is relaxed. What are you doing to kind of help you? Can I tell you that I spent the last two weeks completely redoing my room? My biggest thing was having a me space that was my space that, you know, for, you know, for lack of a better term, like crawl into, and I got a new bed frame for, I have a king size bed. So I got a new bed frame. I sanded it, you know, I stained it. I painted all of my walls. I basically made a space for me. Your happy place. It is. And I, you know, like I have a, I have a 70 pound, 75 pound, like dog full of love and we <laughs> cuddle and we have a good time. I think that besides reading and being in that place and just, I'll be honest with you, my life has been so hectic for probably a year or so plus. It's been nonstop. And I've really taken some time to just relax. But but you know what? I can totally understand that. So I semi-retired on April 10th. Okay. And it's the first time in my life, and I'm going to say in 45 years, because I've been working for about 45 years. That every day's a Saturday now. Yes. Can I ask you, do you sleep more? Oh, well, <laughs> funny. Um, <laughs> I did prior to us going to Europe. Um, mm-hmm. now since we came back from Europe, I'm waking up at 5 30 every day, wondering why in the fuck am I up at 5 30? Because <laughs> retirees are supposed mm-hmm. to be able to sleep all damn day long. But according to Dirty Skittles, what's going to happen is when I go back to work in July, is that is when I'm going to be able to sleep until 11, mm-hmm. and I have that rude awakening <laughs> of I'm going to have to get up at 7.30 in the morning. So Yes. <laughs> I think that one of the things, too, is like, so I have my, my whole life has usually been on the fight or flight, right? And I feel like I've been in fight mode for so long. And, you know, I'm with somebody now where I feel like I can relax. Like, gosh, whenever we're together, I'm tired. I am tired. But I feel like I can relax. Um, And I feel like, too, not having this job looming over me every single day. I mean, there's still little aspects that I'm aware of. But not having it loom over me, I'm tired. I'm tired all day. I'll sleep till 10 or 11. And then like I beat myself up because I'm like, I want to go to the gym. I want to do this. But I'll tell you what, those renovations that I did, I didn't need to go to the gym. (laughs) I was so sore. (laughs) But, you know, like I think the balance of grace. um, And I think too, you know, you ask what I'm doing now besides journaling. It's I'm being kind mentally to myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a great feat of being able to not self-inflict pain or derogatory marks towards yourself or you know when i have mornings where i'm like i mean god bless you haven't done anything today you've been in bed all day what have you done you haven't gone to the gym you haven't done this you haven't done that you haven't done laundry it's a it's you know a pile high but being able to like be in a place where i can say you know what that's okay the laundry can wait till tomorrow yeah 
Do you feel good? Do you, are you happy? What, what have you done today that, you know, give yourself the grace to just Mm -hmm. relax. And, you know, my self-care used to just be Sundays was my self-care Sunday, right? So I would take, you know, the exfoliating like bath and face mask and, you know, the under eye patches, but that's all external, I think. Mm-hmm. of the self-care it's one of you know i've been really focusing deep on the mental conversations because that has really been my downfall for a lot of things because i overthink and i overanalyze so instead of getting in a place where somebody sends me a text message that makes me overthink or overanalyze or they're short but they may be in the middle of something so that's why i tell myself they may be in the middle of something so They're just responding to you. You know what I mean? And I think that that's probably been a challenge as well as a grace Mm -hmm. and as well as the self-love of, you know, self-care of working through and dodging where that conversation mentally can go from good to worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my last question, I have one more. Do you have any? Before I jump no, I, okay. no, I'm good because Kate Bate answered all my questions. I love her. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I love this conversation. I, there's the last question as you're talking. And, and again, sadly, it's still reminding me of things that I can relate to that I feel like I've gone through. And it, I guess it's not so much a question as maybe something to put in the back of your mind. If at any point it feels like you've reached all the corners in your mind that you can reach. I'm curious if you would open it up to talk to somebody else to see what other perspective you're missing. Because I I was very much that. I was very much like in my own mind, always self-analyzing, figuring out, well, it's got to be this. Let me do this a little bit more. Oh, but I also need, and like I was always moving like a chess piece, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started therapy and I honestly, sadly, I feel like this is bad to say, but I didn't have the highest hopes because I have tried it before and it just never really went anywhere. Um, but I found a person that like it stuck, like their, their feedback was really good. And it wasn't so much that she challenged me. It, I thought I had thought of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what you do. You think that you have thought of literally like, I was everything. Like, there's nothing a stranger is going to be able to tell me that I haven't already thought of. But damned if she didn't. Like she was able to explain certain things or not even explain, but give me a perspective that was completely left field. That I would have never gotten to the point where I'm at now had I not taken like a year and a half in therapy with this woman mm-hmm. who... For the first time, like when you, it registered when you said the fight or flight mode, because when I had first started working with her, that was the one thing she said. She's like, you don't know any other way to be. You've been that Mm -hmm. mode. So even when I thought that I was in my mind fixing things, I was still operating on this one way because that's what I knew. Like, what do you mean there's another way? Like this, have you lived my life? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you you know know me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I I have a very close net of friends and i had a conversation the other day with one of them and i was telling him about this situation and how this guy like he he came at me sideways like bro again you don't know me Mm -hmm. i don't know who you think you're talking to kind of thing and that was my first instinct of you know obviously i'll say that amongst friends but professionally i'm gonna be like well that's not gonna work for me (laughs) you know but you know he and i talked through it and you know it's I have my close set of people who know me, mm-hmm. know how I think, know how I react. And they are those people that will either call me out when I'm being outrageous and obnoxious. <laughs> or And they'll call me out in a way that doesn't make me feel bad about myself. You know what I mean? They don't call me out and they're they like, speak, you, they speak right. my language, I know. <laughs> and, and then I have it too where they are, they will give me that, that piece of, well, have you looked at it from this way? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times being able to have those people that can, I mean, like I've, I've done therapy a few times. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Sometimes it just doesn't work, yeah. you know, and at least from my experience or you, maybe not that it doesn't work. Maybe I just haven't found that right person mm-hmm. that can connect with me on that level. And 
you know, not that my friends are right are therapists and have gone to school and not to downplay anything that those, you know, therapists have done, but I can't tell you how much money I owe to my friends for my therapy sessions <laughs> because they have been there and they know me and they call me out on my bullshit. They call me out when I'm being a brat. Like I have one friend that I'll call and I'm like, bro, can you just tell me if I'm being too much? And he will. He'll be like, probably, but what's up? <laughs> you know what I mean? So he already knows, you know, and then I have another one who's, I love talking to him because he's very, he's good. You know what I mean? And he has the, that professional mindset of you have to always strive to be a better person, whether it's religiously, whether it's through your friends, whether it's through the people that you associate with, whether it's, you know, how you make your money and how you go about that, you know? So I think that there is a lot to be said for being able to think about all of those corners, right? Mm -hmm. And then being able to expand on those two. Mm -hmm. How can I approach this situation differently moving forward? Right. You know, when I left my job, I went through this whole thing of, I was really sad. I was really upset. I was upset about my guys that I was leaving because that was one of the biggest factors that I stayed. I was also upset because I started thinking about all the things that I missed out on. I missed time with my nephew. I missed mm -hmm. time with my friends. I missed time with myself. I missed time with my, you know, with my mom and my dog. I missed time with all of that. And then I started thinking about what have I gained? I've gained knowledge. Mm -hmm. I've gained how I want to be perceived you know, how I want to structure my own life personally and professionally. I think that they're, again, I think the only word that I'm really learning right now at 34 is balance, you know, being able to balance the negative, it's the angel and devil, you know, mm -hmm. being able to quiet the devil, listen to the angel, but still have that. I feel like my, my light was snuffed for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think about, I've been through some shit in my life. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it on the way here. My world has been turned upside down multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, you know that my ex had a really bad motorcycle accident. And that was really hard for me. Mentally, emotionally, physically, everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was engaged at one point. That didn't work. You know, so everything that I've been through in my life, where I am now, is I'm able to look back and be like, you overcame that. You overcame this and you came out on top. So anything that you're going through right now, yes, it might suck. Yes, I need to sit and dwell in it and work through my emotions with it, but I have to pull myself out. And it's getting easier and easier and easier as I get older to pull myself out of it, recognize the, the bullshit and the mm -hmm. shit mm -hmm. and recognize the growth and then pull myself out of it. And use all of those lessons, the positive and the negative, but use all of those for the next. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, uh, I was thinking almost as a closing thought, you mentioned that you journaled and I feel like this is your talking journal and we should like revisit who you are in like a year from now. Oh, hell yeah. And yeah. see like, I feel like you're, you're in the start of a journey and i'm just so curious to see like where will kate bait be in a year yeah like what me, me what too. is the next lesson you learn in a year i'm gonna be on top dancing on chairs <laughs> it's okay to be not okay just make sure you're talking to someone.